Okay, good morning, everyone. Awesome. There you go. Good morning, everybody watching or listening online. Let's not forget, you can go to norwoodfmc.com or uh, whatever you use to listen to your podcasts on your iPhone or Android phone. We're there, man. A year, two, three years of free messages. Because if you want to listen to it on the go, Bill's driving a tractor supply wants to hear an AJ message. <laughs> you know, don't, don't watch the messages in your car, people. Come on. <laughs> I don't want to be the last thing you see before you bang into a tree or something, okay? Let's not do that. So here's the, how I do things. I don't know right or wrong. This is not an act of like, he, he actually doesn't know what he's doing. No, no, that's the truth, and I'm, and I'm pretty okay with it. I go to God on a Saturday. Some of you don't know me. I'm AJ. Um, I, this is my job, obviously, um, but I also stay home with my children while my wife goes off to work. I have a five-year-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old. What an exciting time to be alive. <laughs> um, Saturday, I show up. I run across the finish line on Friday, and I lay down, and I go, Lord, what do you want to say today? Uh, I've come to find out, though, listen, that's not typical. I've come to find out. I've come to find out lots of folks in traditional churches, and I've known this for years because I actually shadowed a few traditional churchy people back in the day, and actually a Catholic priest is a mentor of mine, but anyway, um, early in the days. Uh, they have to follow a calendar, and it tells them what to speak on, and it tells them what to preach on. Other preachers have to, they, they plan their messages out a year ahead of time in their messages. I don't know, it works for them. And, and I've even had people in the denomination say, AJ, that's how you're supposed to do it. You need to do it that way. It's just not how it works for me, man. It was just not how it works for me. So I, I really don't know. Another thing is this, what I got to be real careful of. I love the people who sit in these seats and a lot of the people that watch online. And so sometimes, and again, I'm just being transparent. Sometimes you're tempted to say, whether you mean to or not, like, what do they need? You know what I'm trying to say? But oh my gosh, that's not what my job is at all. My job is, God, what do you want to say, share, or reveal? And that's comforting, but can I tell you, that's sometimes hard. I just read a book, Francis Chan, there, Rever uh, Holy Spirit Reversing Our Tragic Neglect of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And really, he made this one point, and it's this. We're not here for each other. I kept saying it up here. We're literally here to, to, to meet with God. If not, go home, right? And so for me, like I said, this week, I, I, I did the same thing I always do. I came to the Lord and I said, what are you wanting to share? Well, what he wants to share, I want to, okay, that sounds, what I feel he wants to share, what I feel led to share, can be a little bit difficult, Okay. Okay, so, so number one, this is not me or an axe to grind or my opinion. Trust me. Number two, I am not exempt to anything I ever teach. I hope you all know that. And I think you do. Yeah, this is me in process too. But this is one of those messages where it's not light and fluffy. We're not going to walk out of here feeling like we came from a birthday party. <laughs> but, <laughs> but this is so good. And I want to I just challenge us. Let's jump right in. We don't worship a system, a denomination, or church, or anything like that. We worship a God who is alive. It's a cool way of saying living God, right? Because even that loses its... The living God. A God who is alive, who's actually among us, and who desires to communicate with us. Now, even when I wrote that, that doesn't do justice. Not like some alien creature wanting to communicate with us. Our he wants to communicate with us as our dad, our father, and our king. But also, and here's the, the, the tension on the wings, as the ultimate authority of our lives. Does that make sense? So our dad, our good, good father, it's, it's who you are. And love by you is who I am, but you're also the king. And we will crown you with glory. There's no doubt about that. So this, uh, today might be one of those balanced messages. I want to touch on a few aspects of our lives and faith that are somewhat, that are intertwined. I can tell you that. I know for a fact they are. But I'm going to share some thoughts and trust that God was going to have his way. That's my whole thing. And... Uh, Here's where I'm going to start. One thing I worry about for myself in modern-day America, one thing I know is a huge temptation uh, in light of the true gospel, I worry sometimes about forming not a, a God-focused faith, 
but a me-focused faith that's always there in the periphery waiting. So here's what I mean. Here, what I mean is this. We are created beings. We've all broken God's perfect standard in nature. We're unable to do anything about that. And I, I think that's pretty easy to get to when you turn the 6 o'clock news on. Us as human beings are fallen. We're not okay. We're not good. We need help. Okay? So God sends his son to live among us. He lives out the perfect standard in nature in every way. When the time came, men falsely judged him guilty in the name of power and religion, and they murdered him. But three days later, just as he said, he rose again. And he explained that his death can count for us and bring us back to the Father, his righteousness for ours in an exchange. So we must believe him and follow him. Then, boom, he ascended to heaven, and he's going to return again. So a me-centered faith would hear what I just said, which is the gospel, the good news, right? I just shared the gospel in four sentences. The me-centered faith would hear that and immediately say this. Well, okay, cool. What's in it for me? Okay. The me-centered faith only worships God when it feels like it. Only when things are going well. And this is what happens. This is what we can fall into. If you get hit today, just I'll join the club. I started a club, the I Got Hit Today Club. Okay? I am the founder and CEO. Um, but listen, I just... When we worship sometimes, and when I worship at home, which is cool because my kids are getting older now, and last night, where were we? Oh, I took my family to Ponderosa, which is, some of y'all can just pack up your kids and take them. No big deal. I see Chris walking down the road with a baby on his back and a stroller, and he's, I'm a stress ball with the kids, okay? It is not restful. But don't, that, yeah, that's Donna too. I don't, no, I seriously, like, I want to sit where my kids aren't going to throw food at people or yell. And they're good kids. Y'all, y'all are probably judging me because they are really good kids. But I don't want them ruining other people's things. And I don't get to eat because then I got to go up with them. And do they get the right thing? And all he wants to eat is jello. Okay, he had the blue and the green. They're staling, staling. How many napkins are going to be on this stinking table? We look like a garbage family because there's seven plates piled up at Ponderosa. And I used to work there, so I understand. Do you know what I'm trying to say? And so I sweat by the time I get there. <laughs> you know, some of y'all can just not care. Good on you. I'm not that parent. Oh, but anyway, <laughs> I was like, I lost my point on that. My point was this. My kids are now at the age where Alex says this to me, a little five-year-old. He puts his hand on my leg. He goes, when, you get home, when we get home, can you sing um, Your Grace is Enough? And I went, you mean on Pandora or something? He's like, no, Daddy. Will you pull out your guitar and sing Your Grace is Enough? And I'm like, oh, bless your little heart. But when I'm worshiping at home, you know what it does to me or when I'm worshiping here? What it does to me is it pulls away me away from that, 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 that uh, me-centered faith. You know what I'm trying to say? Worship is supposed to do that for us. Worship is an offer we bring to God. But worship has something in it for us, too. But a me-centered faith won't get there. A me-centered faith will only worship when we feel like it. Not make yourself worship. Worship will say, I don't feel like it, I'm not doing it. And I lived there for a lot of years. I'm just saying a me-centered faith Here's the gospel, does that, and only worships God when things are going well. Sometimes, you guys, too, I want to warn you about this. I tend to, be, maybe, I wouldn't say I'm a, I'm a scaredy cat individual, but sometimes I forget about God even in the good times, and a me-centered faith can do that. You know what I'm saying? I got, there's a story of an alcoholic. Now, I'm not con condoning any of this, but this is a true story. He was telling this pastor friend of mine, he said, uh, the guy's like, wow, you struggled with alcoholism for a lot of years. He goes, yeah, and I, you know, I cursed it. I cursed it. I, blah, 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 and I fought, blah, blah, blah. He goes, but then I realized once he came to faith and whatever, he goes, I realized that my struggle with alcohol was the only reason I ever, ever talked to God. You know, I'm not condoning it. Leave it in your life because of that. But sometimes in the good times, we forget God, too. That's what a me-centered faith does. It's a centered on me, Right? That's something I see. And sometimes I worry about this, guys. A me-centered faith is worried primarily about pleasing myself and not pleasing God. 
And this is true. A me-centered faith forgets that Jesus is the Lord of all creation. The, the, the Alpha, the Omega, the First, the Last. All things were made through Jesus Christ. He's the light of the world, the living water, the true vine, the good shepherd, and the coming king. The me-centered faith would hear that and go, whoa, that's not where my focus has been. Do you see what I'm trying to say? And this is such a dangerous thing in this world. This is, like, this is what we inherited. I feel like today is the hardest time well, okay, that, 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 that is a strong statement. I feel like we have our own unique challenges in the world of terabytes and gigabytes and all that, and where I'm going to go into this in a second, but we always get served everywhere we go. I think we have a hard time relating to a king that we have to answer to, whether you like it or not, right? Y'all are special snowflakes, okay? But this is a kingdom, not a democracy. And this is a very difficult thing at times because we, we you know what I mean? We get stuck seeing through our own eyes. And for me, this is... This is a, a scary thing to me. Uh, a lot of times in my life I wake up and I realize that, I, uh, that a me-centered faith has crowned me as most important. I've crowned me as king. And that's a, that's a tough thing. That's why we sang that song today. Another symptom of me-centered faith is spends a lot of time looking at other people's papers. I've said this before. Eyes on your own paper. Your neighbor down the road is doing this, this, and this, and addicted to this, this. Shut up. You should be worried about you. But a me-centered faith thinks that we're all good, so I got time to look at your paper. Honey, no, you don't. you got to make corrections on your own. That's what a me-centered faith does, though. I'm good. Now it's my job to go beat, beat, beat people up. I'm doing this in your name. Amen. You know what I'm trying to say? But a, me, a, a God-centered faith is focused on God. And that's where the Pharisees and Sadducees, they missed that on both sides. They're the conservatives and the liberals. They both missed it. Because they were focused on, not here, because they obviously missed Jesus, by the way. They were focused on everybody else because they thought they were good to go. No, you're not. That's a me-centered faith, and I'm scared about this. I heard someone today, this week, James McDonald out of Chicago, he was saying uh, one of the sayings that go around in the Christian world, and I'm not Mr. Anti-Establishment. I'm not, I promise. Um, but he says there's this saying that goes around. It says, love the sinner and hate the sin. And he was railing against that. He's going, who told us that? Who told us to even hate sin? God hates sin. But I'm not sure, I'm not sure, and I'm, I'm just relaying what James McDonald says so I don't plagiarize, but he's one, I'm not sure I've ever seen that it's our responsibility to hate sin. It's our responsibility to hate our own sin. So it should be love the sinner, hate your sin, my own sin. Because I think sometimes, guys, love the sinner, hate the sin bleeds over into, and it always will bleed over into, I'm going to hate the person who occupies that sin. So how about this? New saying, love the sinner, hate your own sin. Despise what wars against you and keeps you focused on you. And leave the rest to God. You're nobody's Holy Spirit, people. All you can do, like Steph said, is intercede and ask. And I'm not talking about the old witchcraft prayers of change them. Just help them, Father. May your will be done. There's a safe, nice prayer for that. Um, here's another symptom of a, of a me-centered faith that most people are not going to like me saying, which, again, sometimes gets me out of bed in the morning. I'm a masochist that way. This will be probably the least popular thing I say today. A me-centered faith says this, God, I know you designed us for community, for openness in life with others, but it makes me uncomfortable, so no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go. It's all about me. Let's look at Hebrews. Ah, oh, y'all can see it. Look at this. I can just look at the screen now. Boom! Hebrews 10.25, clear as a bell. Let us not give up together, meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. That's out of focus, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Don't, get, don't stop meeting together. Don't do it. Let us not give up. There's two negatives. Take the knot and give up. Let's hang on to meeting together. In other words, get together. That's what he said. But a me-centered faith will say this. No. I'm not talking about icy roads. 
I'm not talking about, I got two little kids. I get it. Especially when cold and flu season, when all y'all kids got green coming out of their faces. I don't want to bring them here, lunatics. That's what I mean. <laughs> Bill made the grossest face, like, ugh. <laughs> no, I, I'm saying as a posture, as a stance of, of, of saying, now, this comes from experience, guys. Of me, I was the chief for years. And we even churched up and called him a wilderness Christian, where I know what you say, Father, I'm not going to do it. If Alex were to ask me, Daddy, why do we go to church? Number one, I work here, but let's forget it and say I don't. Daddy, why do we go to church? You want to know why I'm committed and why it's what my family does on Sunday, no matter what comes up? Because God told me to. That's it. That's it. Do you like it? Sometimes. Do you get something out of it? Sometimes. But honestly, you want to know why my butt started to go to church? Because he told me to. And if it's not, then guess what? It's about me. And again, nobody's being legalistic. If you miss, I don't hound you. I don't hound you. As a matter of fact, I'm the awkward guy that if like, a couple people have, you know, like moved away or something like that and run into them at Walmart, I'm like, oh, I don't even want to talk to them because they're going to think I'm being like, can they always say, like, well, sorry. I'm like, nah, sorry. It's your faith. Don't answer to me. I don't keep a checklist, you know? But it's the truth, guys. It's a, it's a posture inside of us. A God-centered faith says this. I'm going to do what you say whether I like it or not. Yes, sir. Coming king, right? Now, Jesus modeled this perfectly, guys. Jesus modeled the reality that we're going to have feelings and preferences. Nobody says don't, guys. Um, but ultimately, our faiths must be him-centered. It sounds so commonsensical, but I can tell everybody in the room is, is getting something out of this, and so am I. Jesus says this. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane before he's going to go be crucified. And he says this. I'm going to go suffer. I don't want to, right? My preference, not so much. If there's any other way, Holy Father. But nevertheless... Let your will be done. That's a God-centered faith. That's a, yes, I have my feelings. Yes, I have preferences. But nevertheless, you trump all of that. Right? That is a God-centered faith. Now, we're not going to be that other church that says you're not going to have those feelings. Of course you are. I've told you before. I, I'm, I don't always want to come here, even if I'm working. I don't always want to. I don't always want to do the things I, I should be doing. I don't always want to abstain from them. But I'm trying, trying, trying to live out a God-centered faith. Now, I want to say this. If we're not careful in, in our culture in 2018, we can fall into this, and here's why. We live in a world where everything serves us. Let me walk you through this. With online reviews, it's not so bad up here, but online reviews and stuff, like Yelp and all these guys, we can go to places and we come up with this posture. This place had better not make us wait. The food had better be good, and that service, right? Open more registers, people. Why are there only so many registers open? Right? Or how many cars are at that drive-thru? That's our, that's our stance nowadays. It wasn't always this way. Elder saints, right? You were a bad person if you said those things back in the day. Now it's just absolutely normal. Now, even at, uh, even at the, you know, gas stations and stuff, there's the take our survey. Taco Bell always does that. Taco Bell is dynamite. The one in Potsdam has great customer service. Almost too much. How are you, sir? I'm like, that's not what I'm here for, for conversation. Let me just get a number three soft talk on the Mountain Dew. You know what I mean? But anyway, but they're so scared of like, oh, you know, they thought we disrespected them. How did we serve you? And here's a survey because Big Brother Taco Bell people are looking after us. But it's created in us this idea that we are to be served at all times. I'll give you an example. So Friday, no, Thursday, I was coming here because got the new guitar, got it tuned in, put that up. I was doing stuff around the church, right? So I stop at the Sunoco, the one Gordo used to run. I say run because it was like his place. And check this out. So I go in there. I got to use the, the room because I had the Mountain Dews. Okay, so I went to the bathroom. I come in. There's three people when I walked in. I go, go piddle-paddle. I come out. <laughs> There's seven people at the register doing nothing, standing there looking aggravated. A dude had come in with a jar, paid with pennies and stuff. And I, ah! 
<laughs> like inside of me. Just, and then I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Calm down, bro. You know, live the gospel. Because my body language was awful. You know, and I just look like your standard redneck. I get it. And I am your standard redneck. But I'm standing there like this. And this girl next to me, like, moves away. I was like, oh. I showered. I know it wasn't that. But I was like, oh, I'm not going to be that guy. So I kind of shook it out. All I had was a drink, too. It's not like I had. Well, we waited there for, oh, or my grandma would say, Marona me, 12 minutes or so. Next thing I know, there's 15 people. They were back to the beer cooler. Here's the worst part. Another worker was right there. She could have opened the register. Well, I might be shifting over time. No, nobody cares about that timing shifting. And we're standing. And then another worker walks up. So I'm like, don't sweat. Don't. I'm literally like, other people are getting really. And then I realize, you know why? I feel like it's my right, Marty, to be served like that. And blah, blah, blah. Right? But we kept it cool. And I got to think to myself, wait a minute. That dude probably only had coins. Like, what a butthead. And then I thought, well, I'll go up and just see if maybe he'll take a tenner. I'm like, well, he can't just offer people money nowadays. They'll be insulted. So you know what I mean? Like, I couldn't do anything. But the, it, it reminded me. of like, I deserve it, and I deserve it now. And that, guys, that bleeds into our families. It bleeds into our jobs. Do you want me to do what? That's not my job. How many times we hear that? You ever, you ever say that at the plant, Terry? How long would that have lasted? Not my job, boss. <laughs> right? Well, there you go. You could keep it right back in the day. You were grateful to have that job, and some things really, some things stunk about every job. Because guess what? Some things stunk about every job. That's the way it goes. We get this entitlement thing. We get this. We deserve it. And like I said, then I get to the register, and they've got to take our survey. How'd we do? Okay, the one sitting on this shoulder wanted to jam the one and say, <laughs> "Get some counters in here." But you know what I'm saying? So we get this idea, this mentality of, of we get to be served, and that that's not necessarily true, guys. You remember when back in the day you'd go to a place because of what they offered? You'd go to that burger joint because so-and-so, Ellie's Woodshed Diner. Does anybody remember Ellie's Woodshed Diner in Colton? Nothing could be finer than to eat at Ellie's Woodshed Diner. And my parents, okay, y'all, I'm, I'm, no I'm North Country, whatever. My parents said, we didn't go out to a lot of restaurants, probably the same thing as my family. But on Saturdays, we'd go to Ellie's Woodshed Diner. And y'all might not have thought it was something special, but they had a breakfast that made my family go there every Saturday. And do you think they walked in there and went, well, it, you know, it took a little too long? No, you were there because of the quality what they brought, and you were grateful. You left the restaurant and said what? Thank you, right? Boy, that helped back in the day. What do I always talk about? Why did we leave Mayberry, guys, or Bedford Falls? We should have just stayed there as a society. I'm such an old man in that way. But let, let's put it this way. Let's bring it back to the thing here. The good news is that a God-focused faith leads to an other-focused faith. It doesn't allow for a me-focused faith. Do you understand that? A God-focused faith will lead to an other-focused faith, faith, and it will cut out this uh, I deserve to be served thing. If we seriously respond to the gospel and who God is in our lives and focus on him, we're naturally, it's naturally going to lead to a love for others and a desire for other people's best and their comfort over our own. You all know this. Jesus, what's the greatest command? Now, they didn't necessarily ask from a good place in their heart. They were looking for, let me check the box. But God says, Love God with everything you can control, everything you have, and then love others as yourself. These two are intertwined, but I also feel like, you know what, they're also chronological. When you start to love God and get the heart that God has, you're going to love others more, and you're gonna, your focus is going to be away from yourself. Does that make sense? We're all born selfish. If you don't believe me, come see any of our kids, any of our kids, right? We got to discipline it out of them, and that's one of the things that is going wrong in our culture. Parents aren't willing to stick it out, be the bad guy, and discipline your kids. You don't have to like it. But you know what? When you're 16, if you drive too fast, you're going to go, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's consequence. I'm going off. I'm sorry. <laughs> that contributes to 
feeling like you're going to be served. But a God-centered faith, we're going to be growing in love. Now, let me also explain something else. I'm trying, guys. I'm trying. Listen, I'm a perfectionist when it comes to stuff like this. I look at where I am as a dad, as, as, as a husband, definitely, and I am not where I want to be. And sometimes that grinds me right into the ground. I think, well, dude, you've been doing this how long now? Why are you still so bad at this? But here's what I realized. When it comes to loving other people, which is what we're talking about, a God-centered faith becomes an other-centered faith. You, if, if you truly have a God-centered faith or want to get on track with this, your love for others will grow. And here's what I mean. It's not immediately you're going to be the most loving person on the planet. I think in increments, it's going to grow. In other words, God working in your life is not a 180 usually. It's more of a, I lost my temper on Monday, but not on Tuesday this week. I lost my temper Monday, and then I, not Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And actually, it's been a little more, do you see what I mean? Gradual. We think to ourselves, I lost my temper, I'm not doing it. This stinks. No, 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 you're missing it. The way God refines us, boy, don't make me get into the silver refiner's furnace for Malachi. It's in there. Where time and time and time again. And so, so you got a little more patience. you got a little more love, but it's growing in that direction. Does that make sense? That's a God-centered faith. Wow, it didn't bother me so much when they, or that didn't irritate me as much because, or I was able to think of that person over myself this time. Incrementally, a God-centered faith will do this. Now, let me, let me do this one here. Growing in love for others is a great indicator about our, 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 where our faith is focused. And ironically, I mentioned, about, I mentioned being involved and in not just consuming in church. I mentioned that, the body of Christ. But guess what? Church is another great place to see where your faith is focused. Now, here's what I mean. Let me go off on a tangent for a second here. I don't know why I, I wanted to do this. This is going to be wildly unpopular as well. You'll see how much I care about that, okay? But do you know since I started Stonegate Community Church in 2011, there have been, now I quick counted, 10 pastors who've come and, come and gone in this area, just that I know of, that I would consider friends. 10 of them. Now, they get in local positions, and they've left local positions either due to attacks, splits, uh, resistance, something like that, or they themselves choosing things that take them away. Ten. Ten of them, and they're my friends. And bye, bye, bye. Two of them, moving truck, moving truck. I help them move and leave. Wounds, offenses, splits. You all know it. I, I'm looking around this room. You all know it. Lots of people here. Okay? A God-centered faith leads to other-centered faith, and, 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 and this wouldn't be happening as much in the body of Christ is what I'm trying to say. So, so here's, here's the thing. The reason I brought that up is because I, I, I met a cool dude this week, and he's, he's reeling from another guy in my hometown. Bang, boom, church split, sheep without a shepherd. Okay, ready? A God-centered faith would say this. Things have changed, and I don't necessarily like everything about anywhere I go, but wow, the gospel's being preached. Wow, people are being delivered from. Marriages are being healed. There's little kids walking around. A me-centered faith would say, I don't. But a God-centered faith would say, but it looks like God's will is being done. Do you understand? No, seriously. And I know that's hard, and everybody's got preferences. And What did I say earlier? I don't, I don't want it to be a pageantry thing, but I don't want it to be willy-nilly and everybody. I get it, but that's a good thing. Why do you think God sticks us together? I'll give you a scripture. Because iron sharpens iron. Nothing will make you more like Jesus than someone who irritates you. Do you understand that? If you were surrounded by good people all the time, how are you going to get more patient? It's not going to happen. If you went to the perfect church, you'd have nothing to add. Okay? But a God-centered faith says, I don't like everything I see or go on or the chairs are uncomfortable. But if God's will is being done, what we know is important to him, then how can I serve? I'm on board. That's a God-centered faith. And again, I've been on both sides of the fence, and I'm sure nobody's perfect at this at all. At all, really, right? 
An authentically God-centered faith looks around and says, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing with my giftings? Am I serving? Am I faithful? Not what are other people doing or the preferences. You just say, am I the one doing it? Um, I told you before, not to make myself sound great, but I remember when uh, the, old, the old church I worked at, and again, I, I started a church. You know why I started that church? Because the church blew up around me, and all the people had nowhere to go. Do you know that? In 2011, that's the reason I did it. That's the only reason I did it. And, of course, I, I truly felt that God was leading me to do it. But we would have three people show up. And I would worship, man, and I would preach, and I'd, feel, I'd go home and watch the Packers win, and I would be ecstatic. You want to know why? Because I didn't care about the circumstances or the situation. Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? That's a God-centered faith. But the situation and the... Look, can I tell you something? I'm here because God got me here. If you like me, that's a bonus. If you don't like me, I don't care. Too bad. I answer to him. Do you understand that? Really, guys, do do we not get that? The coming king? He's going to say, what did you, and if y'all want to get rid of me for non-biblical stuff, I'm going to fight you until he says, go somewhere else, AJ. Because I'm not doing this for you at all. At all. I'm not even doing this for me because sometimes I don't want to do it. A God-centered faith says, you told me to be here, I'm here. I think of the military. Three kids in the military. Can they just leave their post? I don't feel like it. It's raining today. <laughs> Come on, that's laughable. Or I'd rather be over here. Already, ready? My, my sergeant was mean to me. <laughs> it's hard to even get through. Guys, this is the army of God marching f- for love in, in the souls of the world, in the universe. And so I don't get to just leave my post because y'all are mean to me. I don't get to do that. A God-centered faith says, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Here I'm supposed to be. Rain, shine, sleet, snow, don't care. Right, right. Where's that gone? Where's, where's service for the sake of service gone? Wow, I'm way off topic here. Let's, uh, <laughs> let, let's, 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 let's keep going, okay? Uh, this is not a talk about church. It's really not. This is about deeply personal stuff. I mean, even husband and wife. You can have a, you can have a, a guy, who, a man who's, who's really God-centered and a wife who's on the fence and me-centered. You can have that. Everybody's responsible for themselves. This isn't even about the church or family. So let's do this. Look at Matthew 15, 8. The last point I think I'm making today, Christ Jesus warns us about this. He says this, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. He's actually quoting Isaiah 29, 13. What does this mean? A a God-centered faith, okay, a self-centered faith, one indicator is like this. I heard a story from Craig Rochelle from Life Church uh, this week. Uh, He was going to send his kids to Disney. And so he, he got this refrigerator box. He says, I don't know why, but I got this refrigerator box and wrapped it and put it under the, 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 the tree. And he says, you know, and I made them open it last. But it was there for like a week, and the kids were just going, what could that be? And going nuts, you know what I mean? He goes, but I had forgot to put the tickets in there. Yeah, so these kids go ripping into it. Now, remember, he made them open it last in the anticipation. Yeah, they open it, and they're like, there's nothing in there, Daddy. So we had to go get them. Like, oh, kids, I'm so sorry. We're going to Disney. And they still weren't good about it. They were like, oh, I mean, that'll be fun, but we really thought that was something special. And he goes, that's, that's what this is like, guys. This is a worshiping uh, in vain. I didn't give you that one. Oh, give me Romans, yeah. Um, giving someone something in vain, right? Watch this, Romans 12.1. Therefore, I urge your brothers, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies. I totally didn't. Offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. We're going to talk about this in a second. But, um, yeah, lip service, it's vain. It's worshiping in vain, right? It's an empty box. Uh, a, a me-centered faith will offer empty worship. That's one indicator of a me-centered faith. It will. Now, here's where I was going to go, okay? If it was me, I would have said this. <laughs> I would have said, um, a me-centered worship is never pushed, never out on a limb, right? Um, you, ever, you, ever, you ever go out of your comfort zone for somebody you love? 
Like, yes, you do, right? I remember went to Norwood. We went to my wife was dance ballet when well, really up until we had the kids and didn't have time anymore. Um, so we went to these. One of the things I did as a young husband, ugh, when I would go to these dance recitals. And can I tell you, she even dragged me to like little kid dance recitals, and we didn't have a kid in the fight. Like, oh, they're bad enough when it's your own kid. Beep, 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 beep. Like, oh, my gosh. So one day, you know how uh, you got the Norwood Concerts series up there? Well, they were supposed to be at this dance troupe, and it wasn't ballet. Ballet isn't. I love ballet. Ballet's fine. It was weird, jazzy. Ooh, I'm, now I'm an animal. Type stuff. Oh, no, Terry's giving me the right look. Here's the worst part. I was thinking it can't be that bad. You get to sit outside, right? Boom, starts raining. Oh, it's relocated in the gym at Norwood School. I was like, oh, well, that's horrible. So we go up there, and you're sitting in the gym, and there's like six other people, so they like look at you when they're dancing. And, I, and, I look, and I'm sitting there, and how many people know that bleachers are never comfortable? We put a man on the moon, but these are our bleachers we still have. Right? You don't have peanut butter fluff, and you can't. Anyway, <laughs> so I'm sitting there. Well, this is what they did, right? An hour goes by. I'm working it. I'm okay. An hour and a half goes by with no break. Just watching the ladies run around on a mat dancing. And she, even she was like, oh, okay, enough. And I was like, we could leave. And she's like, we cannot get up and leave. There's only like four other people here in the whole gym. I'm like, darn it, she's right. These people are working really hard. <laughs> so then she goes, Don't, thank you guys for coming. We really appreciate it. There's only one song left. And I gave out a big hallelujah. It was a free-form jazz song that was 36 minutes long. I'm not joking. I was laying on the, my back. <laughs> I'm literally laying across. I'm like, Aah! you know why I did that, though? I did it for my wife, didn't I? I, I got the hurt back, the sore butt. Wasted my evening, obviously, an evening I can't get back. But that's what we do for faith. So if it were me, I would be talking about this. I'd say, I'd say worship that just stays in the comfort zone. You know, I'll, I'll look foolish when, when, the, when the Packers score. I'll, I'll cheer exuberantly, but I won't, I won't do that when I'm singing praise to God. That's what I would have said. But that's not what this is saying at all. That would have been a gross misinterpretation of this. Okay? So that was just what I would have said. I would have said, raise hands, bow your knee, worship with exuberance, go look at David as the ark comes back to Israel. But that's not what God's saying here. That's what AJ's saying. Watch, let's read this together. That is blurry. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. I wrote this really well. Are you ready for this? You have a body. In reaction to what God has done for you, use that body to serve him in the way he says. Right? Because the sacrifice was this. I have a sheep. I give it to you. I no longer have a sheep. I've done what you want with it, God. What they're saying is this. Yeah, go do that for God because of his goodness. That's it. Yeah, but worship is so much more than just music. It's, 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 it's where do I go with what his word truly leads? A God-centered worship is this way. Here's my day. Here's what, what would you have me to do. Can I sum this up? I'm not talking about what you put in your body, what movies you watch, any, anything like that that churches have focused on for years, the legalism of it all. Got to work those things out. Here's what I'm talking about, which is way harder. Bill wakes up. I'm picking on you today, Bill. Sorry. Bill wakes up. He's got so many hours, and so do I. And an act of worship is simply this, ready? Father, what would you have me to do today? Is it any more complicated than that, you guys? Is it really? Just, like, I'm going to offer this body, beep, up, boop, boop, living sacrament. What would you have me to do? What would you have me to say to him? Where would you have me to spend my time, talent, and treasures? How would you have, right? Quit, quit worrying about all the other legalistic, you know, Pharisee stuff. That stuff will work itself out, okay? Bring the addiction, all that stuff to him. But I'm talking about opening yourself up and sharing and saying, my time is your time, Father God. You want me to go meet that person, make that phone call, send that email? What do you want me to do? That's what it's talking about. Use your body, your feet, 
your hands, your eyes, your mouth, your tongue, right? Man, that ties in really well with what I talked about last week, the power of words. Don't just not speak death, speak life. Give compliments and affirming things. Well, I'm going to land the plane here in a second. But again, guys, it's, you have the same amount of hours in a day. Real worship is simply yielding over what happens in your life. You know, God, my time is not so sacred. What, I want to use it for your purpose and for your glory. God-centered faith forcibly turns the focus away from me, puts priority on God and what he wants in view of his goodness. It's true. Now, don't you see where, as, I get, as I'm closing, don't you see where what I just shared is ever so simple, and yet it had so many different spines. And was, but don't you see where what I'm talking about would eliminate most, if not all, the wounds we dole out on each other, especially the ones done in his name? Don't you see that? Really? If we were all focused on this, would those past hurts that you have, would they really happened? If that guy that got in your business was too busy focusing on God and making sure he was where he wanted to be to check up on you, that wound never would have happened, right? Well, they never would have railroaded that guy that you love because they didn't like the way he did things. Whatever your story may be, if people were focused on God, where would, where, where would racism fit into this? Does it have any place in what I just talked about? How about sexism, classism, blah, 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 ism, whatever problem we have, violence. That, well, yeah, you want to talk about walking in and shooting up your peers. If everybody was focused on this, would this really happen? Because you'd be saying, wow, that kid's hurting over in the corner. How can we... He sits alone every, every month, every week, right? He's angry. Could somebody do something about it? But a lot of us were just focused here, and I'm not blaming anybody. What do I know? I don't know anything about that stuff. I'm just saying all the wounds we dole out to each other, especially in the church, if we're focused on a God-centered faith and God-centered worship, we're going to just look out for one another instead of like hurting each other and choosing to be offended and things like this. So what have we learned? We've learned that it's easy to have a me-centered faith. It really is. It's the norm, honestly. It's the current. And if we're not careful, we're going to remain there. We learn that a God-centered faith leads to an other-centered faith where people's comforts and needs get placed above our own. So what are we going to do? This week, we're going to examine ourselves, and we're going to be honest. In view of what he's done for us, just take a moment and see. And there's going to be areas in every one of our lives where we're kind of me-centered. Let's, let's trust Holy Spirit and ask for the power to do this. Now, there's one other point I wanted to give, and I wouldn't be me if I didn't. And this is not even written down. Do you understand that this always leads us to our best lives, too? I didn't want to say it because I wanted to make sure I wasn't being fluffy or anything like that, but a God-centered faith will always lead you to life and life to the fullest. I didn't say it. He did. Right? It really does. Yes, it's obedience. Yes, you stay at your post, but we don't serve a cruel taskmaster. We serve a good, good father who has life and life to the fullest waiting for us. So, you know, it is for him, and I gave, what, 98% of this message is this is sheer obedience, check yourself, watch yourself, but in view of God's mercy, in view of how good he is, we're doing this, right? So, we're going to sing a song called Overcome, which completely shines a telescope on the Lord Jesus and makes him the way he should be. Thank you for joining us at Norwood FMC. If you need anything, feel, oh, if ever we can pray for you, let us know. Shoot us an email at norwoodfmchurch at gmail.com, and we'll... Uh, We'll commit to be praying for the folks who need prayer, okay? Thank you, and have a good week.